0: Hello, everybody. My name is Alexander Kazina, and I would like to cordially invite you to another installment of Press YYZ. Uh, That intro was a little bit borked on account of the fact that I tried to set up uh, my copy of OBS so that we could uh, simultaneously start streaming and recording this episode just to do a little bit of uh, testy dusty stuff. Um, But unfortunately, things didn't work out quite right in that regard. Uh, But it's okay because all three of us are here and we are ready to have ourselves uh, quite the show. Uh, do not forget that you can catch our show weekly on youtube.com slash live on twitch.tv slash Wednesdays at 8pm Eastern Standard Time, like tonight, or on your own uh, podcast service of choice on your own time. Um, Before we get started, a reminder as always that we here at Press YZ stand against discrimination of any kind. While we appreciate however you choose to give back to our show, there's no better way to support us than by being excellent to each other. Um, On the subject of which, uh, I'm joined today by two beloved co-hosts, one of which is AJ Fraser. Hello, AJ. Hey, hi. And you actually had something that you wanted to bring
1: up yeah um really quick and, and I don't mean to like I don't want to like rush through it because it's a very uh important subject to the history of Canada but very recently there was a, a horrific discovery out in Kamloops bc where um the 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 remains of about uh 215 children were found um, at a residential school um yeah i'm i I'm not to uh articulate on the history and whatnot of that but hearing the stories over the last week and and just like all, all that kind of come to light again after hearing after knowingly just hearing minimal about it in high school like you hear a little bit here and there in, in like canadian history classes and stuff like that but like not enough to really describe like the horrors that that some of these people went through and, and some people have actually survived um yeah, uh, I just want to I just wanted to say that um a- after after uh that became uncovered, I chose to donate $215 to the Indian Residential School Survivors Society. So, uh, if you'd like to uh, do do something similar by all means. Um yeah, they uh, they they deserve that $215 more than I do at this point. Uh, As as a very privileged person of privilege uh, in this country, that I am very lucky to to call home, um, even though uh, I am a descendant of the settlers who put those children in that situation. So,
2: Mm
0: one hundred percent. Thank you, you know, very much for saying that. You know, we don't try to. Uh, shy away here on press YZ from bringing up hard and difficult subject matter when we need to and mm-hmm. I feel like that was very succinctly put so thank you very much yep. AJ you're welcome uh we're also joined today uh by Nathan McInerney how are you doing Nathan
3: hey not bad I'm gonna fix my camera it's not great there uh not bad uh you know it's uh good to be back on the podcast uh yes uh cool. <laughs> I've I got a few days <laughs> hard off to follow so me up after to... that one eh I've been very busy this past few weeks, as evidenced by me not doing streaming, and um, I'm off for, like, the next till Monday after today, so uh, I'm looking forward to some R&R.
0: Yeah. Speaking of, you know, you being off and you having a little bit more time on your hands, uh, you're returning to stream some video games on Presswise's Twitch channel, is that correct?
3: yes so that is correct i'll be starting tomorrow night or i guess just giving it a try virtual fighter 5 ultimate edition whatever the new version that was free on ps plus i'm going to be playing that tomorrow night um so yeah uh i haven't played virtual fighter 5 in years i thought it'd be interesting and i happen to be having a Twitter conversation with uh, Jim Tasty uh, on Twitter, uh, who was also interested in playing it. So we're going to stream that together tomorrow night. So I, um,
1: yeah, yes, AJ. I, I don't. I don't have much like too much history with Virtua Fighter Five, but back in high school, my uh, my friends and I. So it was me, my friend Ben, who you guys have met, uh, okay. and uh, my friend Kenny and our friend Erie um, were in Kenny's basement, and he had uh virtual the original virtual fighter 5 on PS3 and we would play the absolute shit out of that. I always lost. Um Kenny always won until <laughs> until Ben found a uh a very cheap move set and ruined Kenny's perfect win streak because it at, at the time it combined like y- like you you were able to like kind of make a character profile uh if i remember correctly and you know he had i think he had a a a pie character and uh he was very good with pie yeah so in the the gaming sphere you may you may think of like milky's pie like if you remember like one up from back in the day he had a very specific build of of the character pie p-a-i Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, from like the one-up days. Yeah, I was thinking like, are we talking about
0: like uh, like a creative character that's been built to look like like a like a blueberry pie? Are we talking about pie from Life of Pie? But (laughs) we're we're talking about P A I, which yeah, the pie the Um, character um, from Virtual Fighter.
1: Yeah, and so they they had these profiles that you would he he would take them online and he never lost. He would. Uh, fight against the computer up to, you know, whatever Dawn difficulty that he got up to, um, like ninth Dawn or something. I can't remember what they called it eventually, like, higher than, like, an S rank and shit. Um, But (laughs) Ben found this really fucking cheap moveset that just cornered him, and he got his first loss, and he could never have 100% again in that (laughs) game. And he... I, I don't think he played more than a week after that and just we stopped playing all together after.
3: Yeah, I p- yeah. I played a bunch of it when it came out on PS3. So I'm excited to try it now cuz the game's 15 years old. Um and there's a retro graphics filter too I believe on it that makes it look like like the original Virtual Fighter.
1: Oh, that's cool. Let's do So, cool.
3: yeah, um it it's like remastered and it looks better, but you can make it look way worse too. I'm curious to get my hands on it and I'm purposely not touching it till I go streaming to see how bad I am at it uh, during the stream. So, and and like I said, so we'll be streaming, I'll be streaming with Jim Tasty tomorrow. Um, he's on Twitter at twitch.tv slash Jim Tasty, J-I-M-T-A-S-T-Y. So I want to give him a quick shout out and looking forward to doing that tomorrow.
0: Of course, uh, 100, 100, 100%. Uh, if you at home uh, want to go ahead and give Jim Tacey a follow, uh, you can do so right here and right now at the channel that I am currently highlighting on stream. Seems like a real swell dude from the interactions I've had with him as well. Okay, uh, without further ado, let's get right into the thick of this episode, Um this episode, we are going to be predicting our E3 predictions, um, and let me tell you, I have a lot of fun little surprises in store for us. Uh, before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about what each of us have been playing. Um, AJ. Hi. Uh, you have been playing a little bit of Minecraft once More.
1: again. More minecraft more minecraft yeah um, yeah it continues to be um, the catharsis I need in my life right now um, after the 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 health scares and health issues that I've had uh, as of mm. late um, yeah so I got my diagnosis uh, as well and uh, so my my the lymph nodes in my chest are swollen because of something called pulmonary sarcoidosis mm. Um and so, essentially, what 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 I as I understand it, it's a overreaction of the lymph nodes in my chest to something, something that we don't know what it is yeah. yet, exactly what they're reacting to. Um, I've got a referral to a respirologist that is gonna look into it further. Um, but yeah, the um, it's 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 not the worst thing in the world, and it's mostly gonna be manageable, as I understand it. Um, and then, um, you know, I saw my family doctor today to try and investigate further this weird vertigo thing that I'm having for no reason. Uh, yeah, and it's just taken is it, it step by step. It, mm-hmm. Without prying too much,
0: is the vertigo yeah, yeah. thing not connected to the lymph node issue that you've been diagnosed no, with? No,
1: so, yeah, so the original reason I went to the ER is because I had, um, I had this neck pain, right, that... Um, was causing some weird dizziness. I went, had a CT scan of my head and neck, and they noticed at the bottom of the the CT scan, hey, your lymph nodes might be swollen. And so then the next day I had another CT scan, and they, they determined, yeah, no, they're swollen. Uh, so then I had a meeting with a specialist, a thoracic surgeon, then I had my biopsy, um, and I got the results of the biopsy back, and they determined that it's uh, sarcoidosis. So... Yeah, it's, it's completely unrelated, so I had to go back to my family doctor and be like, so here's the situation of what happened there, let's see if we can figure something out. And so, you know, I got to get some proper x-rays of my neck and stuff done now coming up and all that fun stuff. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, Minecraft continues to be my catharsis. Um, uh, how much Minecraft have you guys played in the past? Nathan? Um, Yeah, let let Nathan go first. I've talked a lot.
3: So almost none. I had my kid play Minecraft on the Xbox so I could get the points for last month Mm -hmm. for the Microsoft credit. I told him to kill 20 um, Mm zombies because I wanted the points, but I really have not played Minecraft. Building stuff's not usually my jam, which is why I've always stayed away from it.
2: Mm.
1: Cozy.
0: Yeah, in my case, so... Prior to playing it on PlayStation 4, I played it uh, a number of times uh, when I was in university. There were a couple of instances where I actually think I played Minecraft, like like weird Minecraft modes as part of studies uh, while at university. Uh, and then I p- logged like a good, I would say maybe 20 hours of it on PlayStation 4. And I enjoyed what I played of it, but I couldn't really, mm-hmm. I would say 100% get into it. But I, I definitely understood at least part of the appeal.
1: Yeah, so last week I mentioned that I I was just on the unofficial Giant Bomb community server and whatnot. And they've got a bunch of neat fancy builds near the spawn area mm-hmm. when you first join in. Um but what I chose to do is go away like go like 3000 blocks away, which is a good 5 to 10 minute boat ride. Um uh and and kind of carved out my own little space where it's just me living as a hermit, doing my own thing all by myself. Um, And what I've been doing is kind of... I I just sort of, like, had this inspiration for, like, kind of a a slight wall on this island that I'm on that is surrounded by a river. Um, And so I'm I'm building this, like, six-block-high cascading wall... Um, around this whole island and i'm currently w- making my way through that but also uh, at the same time i am <laughs> deciding to build these under like st- they're just slightly underground but they basically look like a sewer system and i'm using that in in a way as kind of a fast faster travel than traversing and hopping over the blocks on land and just mm. kind of like oh i need to get over to this place so i'm gonna Head to the river, uh, take a boat into the sewer, and get to the other side of the island a lot faster than it would take to to run to the other side, or even hop over the other blocks or around other obstacles and stuff. And the what I do is I put a podcast on or something on the other on my other uh, screen, and then I just zone out and just just live in the world and try to try to try just try to build it up as my own little fort castle place the the whole uh water strategy like
0: that's some like breath of the wild level ingenuity of like i'm gonna use this one mechanic in a way the developers didn't really intend me to use it to like get Mm -hmm. around way faster like instead of in breath of the wild instead of uh like going around in water in a boat i'm gonna use magnetism on a minecart and just ride that around and it's way faster and
1: that's that's actually a level of minecraft that i've actually never reached uh in Like, all the ways that you can kind of break the game, uh, whether it be using, using redstone, which is totally fine in the game to, to like, to manipulate and use. Um, the, the, the redstone is basically, basically works kind of like electricity where you can push a button and then it activates the redstone wire and, you know, triggers other, other different types of blocks and stuff to interact with each other. Um, and people have built these, uh, you know, the <laughs> these automated systems that that just do these incredible, incredible things. Not only like in in game things, but I think that somebody made like a working Game Boy <laughs> in it Ooh. somehow. Yeah, it was a. I I have no idea how that works, but um, yeah, it uh, it, was it, it like- continues to be. When you say a working Game Boy, was it just like a Game Boy that could turn on
0: or like a Game Boy that could play
1: Link's Awakening? I like they could they, they had to probably lightly modify the the Minecraft file in general first, but what what it would do is essentially um, as I understand it, like just like a black and white Game Boy screen almost. Like not quite where it's not quite black and white. Um but they would be able to load a ROM into minecraft and like play Pokemon by triggering these different buttons to do like the different things on a game like on a game boy and like get it to kind of work that way. It was really fast it I remember seeing that years ago, but uh, it I could be I could be wrong in my memory of it um, but little things like that are really fascinating that i'll never get into i just like building my the simple tower that i have like right here behind me and then building out kind of a town and shit around it as as i just kind of like get inspiration to do something
0: so Mm. cool 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 sounds real neat um i know that you you mentioned earlier how you know you've been uh diving into the unofficial you know giant bomb community to take part in this minecraft stuff uh yep you also are very much involved in some critical
1: role stuff i wouldn't call myself involved i am just a i've always wanted to get into critical role and when they started campaign 2 three years ago now um i was just like now is the perfect time. They're starting fresh, brand new characters. Let's go. And it was an absolutely phenomenal ride. Um, campaign 2 is coming to an end. There's going to be one more kind of wrap-up episode tomorrow um, when Nathan is streaming, so there's going to be no viewers on your <laughs> on your stream, Nathan. Oh, well. Um, oh, no. Oh, well. I know. Um, yeah, the uh, apparent, so it's Right now, during the pandemic and everything, they're trying to work around people's schedules during that, um, and it's uh, technically pre-recorded, and uh, it's being said that it's going to be around seven hours long. Typical normal episodes go for a max of uh, four hours long, approximately. Um, but yeah, I've 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 thoroughly enjoyed the ride. Uh, that all of these that these campaign two characters have been on Um, if if you're looking for a way to kind of get into dungeons and dragons somehow i highly recommend the second campaign of critical role i have tried to get into their first campaign but when they started streaming their first campaign um, they had already brought these characters from like their home game who had already kind of known each other for a while and, and things like that, and then decided to broadcast it where, you know, my, me, I, I just found it very difficult to get into, even at like the the story beats where people said that, oh, here's, they're starting the next arc, like uh, on this episode, start here and you'll fit in just fine. I've tried that and it just didn't quite work. But there's 140 episodes of campaign two currently soon to be 141 and then if you're looking to get into D &D, even a little bit i recommend the first especially the first 26 episodes um see if you can do that yeah like even just on like a second screen experience where you're just listening to what's going on it's fantastic
0: Hmm. sounds real Hmm. cool is there a um uh, apologies for my ignorance oh hold on a quick second Hold on just a quick second. It would appear yeah, that we had... where'd we go? Uh, we're, we're, apparently, people can still hear us, but for whatever reason, we are no longer in view. Don't worry. Uh, we haven't turned invisible. I mean, it would actually be pretty easy <laughs> for me to turn invisible, what with my... Yeah, I mean, you could uh, do that uh, with green screen, screen and stuff. Oh.
1: Oh. Nope. That's not the one. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Aha! Yep. Aha. If you...
0: Uh, Ever need to solve some sort of uh, big predicament in OBS, just click through a bunch of your other random scenes without uh, turning on studio mode, which was absolutely, definitely a choice that I made intentionally and was not at all <laughs> an accident. And lo and behold, you'll be able to fix whatever is beguiling you. Um, on I, that's that, how note, it works. Yep. <laughs> on that note, Nathan, uh, you've been playing Earth Defense Force World Brothers.
3: Yeah, so I started that earlier today. I got a review code for it. Um, It came out a few days ago. Um, So I'm only a few hours in right now. uh, And I've played a few of the Earth Defense games before, and I've always felt that they were kind of mindless. Kind of mindless, just like... Like, they're just fun, shooty games to get into, and they take a long time to go through. Um, And that's not any different with... This version of Earth Defense Force, but what it is does do differently. It's all voxel-based for the graphics, so it looks really like it looks significantly different than the, than uh, the. I'm watching Earth the
0: Defense Force games trailer for this Earth Defense Force game, and I am. We have not even seen any gameplay yet. Oh, here we go. We have uh, the Voxley Brothers. So
3: this is basically a weird trailer. The. Um, so the earth square and it's blown up by this guy and I can't remember his name and it's blown up. And basically you're going to these different sections of the world that are blown up and you can actually fall off the edges of them uh, because they're all oh, like no. different sections. It's a good way to actually like have your different stages. Cause they've got a story about that now. And when you so you go through them you destroy the giant bugs or kaiju or whatever it is in the levels um there's three characters you can pick up in each level to add to your team of heroes and there's like that'll have different weapons different abilities um so there's quite a depth there uh there will there are like obviously skin like reskins of certain characters um mm. as well that uh you can uh, like that you can find so uh that are like they're similar with slight slightly different stats uh but you create your team of four and you can switch between them on the fly uh just by hitting a directional button to switch to which team member you want to have based on the abilities you want to have at that point um it's it's pretty fun uh honestly right now and it's the most fun i've had an earth defense force game in forever so
0: Man, this this game feels like such a throwback to like the PlayStation Two, early PlayStation PlayStation Three game uh, era of like the double A game. Like mm-hmm. this game just looks like a a a beautiful mess in the best way possible.
3: Yeah, it's it, like I said, it's fun. I've had uh, like I'm only a few hours in. I've just beaten the first mothership and started to put the Earth back together. I think it was like mission five um that i just completed uh so i'm still very early in but i've had a good time so far with it uh it doesn't seem too hard i'm playing on normal there's different difficulty levels that you can uh play as um but the amount of characters and the depth that you can get from their abilities and their weapons really do make it like feel very unique and the vox it's very funny too it's very self-referential um, mm. like you've seen some of the characters that they have in this because it's not just shol- soldiers and that's what you're used to. Um, it's
1: it's what's interesting to me is, yeah, like the previous Earth Defense Force games, I haven't played them myself, but I've seen, you know, some people play them before. Um but like they, you know, they go for a more realistic atmosphere. and it, this kind of comes across as Earth Defense Force, but for kids. Um, but also not quite because, you know, you're still shooting guns and stuff, but you know, it, I don't know. It's, it, it looks fascinating. Yeah. I'm going to
3: download it for my kids. I think to their PS4, they were very taken by the graphics cause it does remind them of Minecraft a bit. They told me it looks like a Minecraft slash Lego game. And I was like, that's probably not a bad way to look at it. It's a.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very, it's a very good way to think about it.
0: The um, so the one game that this uh, footage reminds me of the most actually is 3D Dot Game Heroes.
3: Yeah, uh, I thought about that too. PlayStation Three, Three Sixty era. Did either of you ever play that game? I never did. I wish I did. Um, I. It's one of those games which I wish would get a like a remake of some yeah. sort.
0: Yeah, I'm right in in uh, both of your boats because. Um, So, like, that was one of those games during that era that never was released on the PlayStation 3 storefront. I actually don't know about the 360, uh, but it was never released on the PlayStation 3's digital storefront. And trying to buy a box copy of the game now is, like, impossible. Like, it is insanely expensive. And it's too bad because I love The Legend of Zelda and I'm totally down with a cool Voxley look like this
3: yeah there, there were ways you could break that game too uh with like getting a cool sword that would just kill all the enemies in one shot on every single screen uh in uh, yeah. 3d 3d.game heroes you could break that game and so anyways earth defense force world brothers um i need to play more of it uh but i like it a lot so far it's quirky it's fun it has a sense of humor it knows it's a video game it's using a bit of the old like history from the other games while completely ignoring other pieces and being uh, vibrant about it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just fun to play. I guess the question is how long do shooting bugs and Kaiju, like how long does that stay fun? As, that's going to be the biggest challenge with it. Yeah,
0: that's totally a fair, fair, fair ass point. Uh, however, you also Nathan have been playing killer instinct uh, which would suggest that whatever Rare managed to do with that game has clearly managed to get its hooks in you considering that you've been playing it for multiple weeks in a row.
3: Yeah, um, I have re-fallen in love with Killer Instinct. Um, it's So it's a Game Pass game. Uh, I think we lost us again, Cozy. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, okay.
0: So a little bit of uh, background information. Um, I recently updated to OBS version 27, and everything seemed good i was really excited to update to this version of obs because this version of obs uh came with a oh there we go we are back it seems like if so last time that that happened i switched to studio mode to just like change something small real quick and it seems like our heads just go away for like a couple of seconds before turning, Uh, I switched over to um, OBS Studio Mode 27 because it came with an undo-redo button, which obviously is a huge, great little improvement, but it also broke a bunch of small little things, and I thought ahead of tonight's stream that I had managed to you know nip most of those small little issues in the bud but clearly we're still discovering some issues live i'd have to imagine there probably are some other streamers right now that are suffering under the wrath of obs version 27's various bugs and glitches so i guess we can take solace in knowing we're probably not alone in that regard
3: yep can't
0: argue that fair enough anyways uh, nathan i apologize for interrupting no, your killer <laughs> it's all good discussion at-
3: Yeah, so it's just, um, so yeah, so getting back into Killer Instinct, I've been playing a lot of the survival mode and trying to go through the story modes. Um, I've been using it to unlock trophies to get, or not trophies, achievements to get more Microsoft rewards points as well because you need to unlock achievements. And pretty much you can fight one battle in survival or one battle in versus and get an achievement or there's a lot of ways that you can get achievements um, like through this game that are like rare because I'm guessing, and the reason why we haven't heard about any more Killer Instinct is because not enough people played it. So the percentages on some of those trophies for even playing a match or or achievements are very low. Um, so, but I'm having a really good time with it. It's got a great combo system. Uh, I'm still trying to figure those pieces out, but I'm regularly putting like 20 hit combos together. Um, I'm figuring out all the ultras for the characters. It's just, it's a good time. I even uh, took it online and beat a few people. Not in the competitive, oh. in like the regular mode. Sure. I mean, that's still, you know, not bad at all. Considering
0: that Killer Instinct has been around, you know, for a little while. And I feel like at this point, if you're still playing Killer Instinct, you're probably like pretty ride or die uh, for it. And you're, you know, not just some scrub who's has no bearings or wherewithal or knowledge of what to do with the game.
3: Mm-hmm. Have have you guys played Killer Instinct at all?
1: Um yeah, so Killer Instinct is one of the first uh games that I actually bought on my Xbox 1 back in the day. Um uh you know, I'm not big into fighting games, uh, but Killer Instinct um you know, it, it, it's good. It's mm-hmm. it it doesn't necessarily feel too um unapproachable. Um I, I personally find Street Fighter to feel incredibly unapproachable. Like if you're not already in, it's very hard to get decent on the like in at the ground level or whatnot, in my in my opinion. Like I can't just hop onto an arcade machine and I I could maybe throw a fireball there and that'd be it, but um. Yeah, Killer Inst- Killer Instinct is is good. It's uh, I I actually really like uh that they added the Arbiter in there yeah. as a DLC character. That guy's that's Ooh. pretty cool addition. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's a it's a good fighting game, and I I I forget who originally made it, but I know Iron Galaxy has it now.
3: Yeah, uh, it was so Iron Galaxy did seasons 2 and 3. I was just watching a documentary on what happened uh to Killuminsect okay. the other day. Uh the studio that did it initially was bought by Amazon. Okay. Um and so they had to transfer over to Iron Galaxy, uh, Double Helix. Double, Double Helix, Helix that's
1: the one. Yep. Yeah, so
3: they initially they did season one and then Iron Galaxy took it over for seasons two and three. Uh, Microsoft hasn't made a peep about, peep about the game since 1997, apparently. Wow. So the thing I was watching, um, he does documentaries on games and he had Maximilian dude on it. He's six months old, so they haven't said anything in like years about Killer Instinct. And there's been no new updates for, for it in like since 2017 either. So it's been mm-hmm. quite a while. Um, I think somebody posted a picture on Twitter the other day of the catalog of characters that Microsoft could theoretically put into Another Killer Instinct mm-hmm. if they wanted to make it their Smash or all PlayStation All-Star Battle Royale mm-hmm. uh, featuring a few different characters. But it's got a great character list, some really cool characters. Um, the uh, Hisako, from which looks like the character from The Ring, is probably one of the coolest fighting characters I've ever seen. I
0: also, um I want to go and look up uh, the tier list for this game just to kind of see who's ranked who uh, who and where's where they ranked. And uh, apparently General Rem from Gears of War is also in this game.
3: Yep. And Rash yes. from Battletoads.
0: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. I, re- I forgot about that.
3: So, huh. yeah, no, there's some really cool stuff you can uh, do. Now that you've got the list up there, I'm actually looking to see if Rash is really high, actually. Um I've been playing Jago um uh, it's worth pointing Oregon out that
0: uh this tier list I'm currently looking at right here is from eventhubs.com so like I don't know like how credible this particular tier list is um you know uh, amongst everybody within the competitive Killer Instinct community but mm-hmm. it is a list.
3: Yeah, no 100%. Um just like when you look at the cameos they've got the General Ram, they've got the Arbiter, they've got Rash you could have so many more cameos. You could have a Fallout character or the Doom guy in there if he's never going to be in Smash. Oh,
1: you know what? Because it's exclusive to Xbox, I could see that happening.
3: Yeah, 100%. Like, like the Bethesda properties have opened up so many more opportunities to bring other characters in from the franchises. You could even mm-hmm. bring Master Chief in or something uh, if you wanted. You don't want to go all guest characters, mm-hmm. but like you can sprinkle the roster like uh, Mortal Kombat does. With their guest did, characters.
1: Did you ever play Dead or Alive? Uh yes. 4? Dead or I, Alive Four? Because that I, had That had not the Master Chief, but Spartan 458 Nicole. Yeah, uh, that's right. If that uh, was only yeah. No,
3: that was an Xbox exclusive, wasn't it? And if that's the case, then yeah, no, I did it was not played.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. that was a good one. That was a good one. It was a good <laughs> addition. That's where that's where "Quote unquote," Master Chief showed up before it wasn't the Master Chief, but you know. Um, Whoa! Holy shit! Uh, s- uh, yep. Seven degrees of Kevin Bacon separation.
0: I just remembered um, in the Dead or Alive game for the 3DS, there is a Metroid stage uh, where uh, basically at the end of it, Samus Aran would come and lay a power bomb, and that would be how the stage would close out.
1: Really? Cool. Yeah. Huh.
3: I did yeah. not know that. I, don't, I
1: didn't I even don't know there was that. a 3DS version. I think version, I have. I think I think you, have a that. L- somewhere. Let me see if I can I f- look,
0: into uh, look into this. Yeah, fi- fighting games. Like you, you know, you put aside like Smash Bros and like the obvious, you know, collaborative uh, fighting game franchises, and they do. There are some truly weird and bizarre crossovers in them.
3: Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent.
0: Let's see, Dead or Alive uh metroid 3ds yeah so the, the the funny thing about this is that the stage because metroid other m was the most recent released metroid game at the time the stage in dead or alive dimensions which is the name of the 3ds dead or alive game was based around the pyrosphere from other m so there's ridley shooting fireballs yep. uh there's um ryu hayabusa and i forget Asumi. her name Asumi.
3: Kasumi. that's yeah. correct
0: uh, out. both from it Ninja out. Gaiden. Yep, got it. Yeah, and oh, oh no, Ryu Hayabusa oh no. has gotten Ridley? grabbed by Ridley. Oh, wow. They really get him oh, in wow, there. Oh, just
1: got torched. That's, oh. a, that's a good stage effect, too. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, whoa, there's Samus. She just there's... laid a
3: power bomb. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's Huh. Hmm. there's like fighting games have always been ripe for crossovers. Um, so it, it's, like I said, they have opportunity, and I hope Phil Spencer gives Killer Instinct another shot, because they've literally been radio silent about it. Um, and I may or may not have things to say about that in a little bit of time. <laughs> Go Teasing
0: on. the feature. Uh, before we get to said feature, uh, let me talk to you all about a certain feature that I have been in love with uh, for the entirety of the past week, and that feature is called Mass Effect 1 Legendary Edition. I already talked a little bit about this last week, so I won't bore you with uh, the details that I brought up then. Instead, I just wanted to reaffirm my continued love for this game. This game continues to be such a joy to get through, uh, even as the little cracks and seams beneath its exterior Begin to show themselves. Um, what you're watching right now, if you're watching the video version of this podcast, mm-hmm. is me going around in the Mako uh, in a side mission in the game. Um, so here's the thing: I said, you know, the cracks and seams of this game are beginning to expose themselves. The Mako somehow is not one of them for me. <laughs> I don't know why, but well, like,
3: I isn't this like, what people hate? really enjoy? The I always Mako. hear people complain about the Mako. They
1: so as i understand it um they went back and kind of retooled how the mako controls right but in the settings you can go back and re readjust it so i think it has the original mako controls so i i think you should kind of consider trying that out see seeing how that works for you but Hmm. i i, I- I suppose I kind of have to to fully understand where
0: people are coming from when they express their displeasure of this uh, vehicle. But with with the new control scheme, at the very least, what I've been experiencing, I've been having a lot of fun going around planets with that lovely little ATV. It's a it's a good fun time. I do kind of wish that the game gave you options like fully upgrade your uh, vehicle over time. I would have even loved it if like and I know some people would. Bock at something like this but like if you didn't start off with weapons and then you could like upgrade weapons just because i like that feeling of progression but uh in any case uh on the other hand however uh if you're watching the stream right now you'll notice that i just stopped off at a base and beat some people and i'm about to head into said base i really have found myself rolling my eyes whenever i head into any of these planetary bases because it's like ninety five percent of the time, like literally the exact same layout. It's a co- cor- corridor. Mm-hmm. It's a, a large space. It's another corridor. It's another very large communal space, and then it's a another corridor so, that leads to
1: a split path keep Keep in mind, like the original of this game came out as a 360 exclusive. Mm. Uh, and so that all of this had to fit on a DVD. Not even a Blu-ray, but a DVD. So, mm, true. Um, mm. low times. Low times back then were very long as well. Um, so the more you uh, reuse with,
3: assets, the better.
1: Yeah, the more you reuse things, the more. You, yeah, it's all all of that kind of was very important, especially in a game so dialogue heavy at the time. Um, at dialogue and story heavy that you know, it it, it was really back in. What yep, two thousand seven? Yeah, two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Uh, it it was really kind of a marvel of its time for sure. Hmm. So yeah, but despite that,
0: I really uh, am enjoying this game. But I will say, you know, moments like this do make me wish, and, and I don't remember where I originally saw this, whether it was on Twitter or on a Discord server I'm a part of, but somebody said, man, I'd love to get a Final Fantasy VII remake, style remake of this game. And like, Totally loving this game for what it is originally. Totally thinking that the original version is still great uh, in of itself. I honestly agree with that and would love to play that version of the game. You know, it's funny, and you know, maybe this just illustrates how similar so many RPGs are. But like, there are actually like a lot of like weird similarities between the two titles. Both start off with you kind of exploring a large kind of city like area where a lot of uh, wealth is collected, and there's you know. Corporate espionage and danger, but you meet up with sort of the core cast of the game relatively quickly within that big uh, city area, and then from there, there are like an, there are like a number of events throughout the game that are kind of oddly analogous. Like you have a big moment where a certain character or characters die, uh, and it sort of like represents a big turning point in the game's narrative. And yeah, it's. Uh, uh, all that to say, I, I feel like this game could really be something special if ever the opportunity were to arise for there to be a Final Fantasy VII style remake of it. Uh, and I'm especially looking forward to seeing what the remakes versions of the whispers are, because I think you can't have a remake without there being whispers in it nowadays. I, you... I think I mentioned it. So- sorry, Nathan. Go. You go ahead. I've talked a uh,
3: lot. I was just gonna ask. Do you plan a platinum in the game?
0: It's um like at this point, like I would be I would have to actively try not to platinum it like the platinum oh, trophy okay. list for the game is pretty easy. Not that that, that isn't a, a, an insult or a complaint or anything, but it's yeah. uh
1: yeah, it's it's pretty easy platinum.
2: Huh. Um,
1: what I was going to what I was going to say, you know, I think I mentioned last week that, you know, I think Mass Effect one should have gotten uh, the the Final Fantasy seven remake treatment or something uh to that that like but one thing when i eventually do get around to playing this um something that i got really used to in mass effect 3 that i'm really going to miss is the connect voice controls because Mm. in mass effect 3 they actually worked um and, and it functioned in such a way that I could just be like, you know, let's say I had Liara and Garrus on, on my squad, right? And I'm stuck behind cover or something like that. I point at a guy and just say, Liara, singularity, right? And she cast her singularity, like, instantly. And then I'd see Garrus concussive shot as I'm looking at the same guy and he would do his concussive shot right at that same person, and because they're in the singularity, launch them off on, off the map sometimes, um, which was a really fun and immersive experience. That you know, I don't th- I don't think we're gonna get again for a while unless they unless they work their way backwards and somehow enable. Some sort of voice command through the the headset you plug into the controller and just do it that way. That, in my opinion, would be ideal, but we'll probably mm. never see it again.
0: Yeah, I uh, I never played Mass Effect three with any voice command related stuff, but I do remember like them distinctly kind of showcasing that early on when that game was being shown off. And I remember them being like, hey, you know, there's all sorts of hidden voice commands. Like if you say, boomstick, Ashley, she'll uh, get out uh, her shotgun or something.
3: Mm-hmm. So wait a second. Could they still not do the voice commands? I mean, every PS5 controller has a microphone built into it.
1: In, in theory, they could. The question is... Whether or not they will. Because well, why you know, if it's something that not a lot of people are interested in, why would they spend their time and money and resources yeah, in developing for it? Which is exactly the scenario that the Connect got into. Right? Nobody wanted that thing, so nobody made games for that thing, and it died. So
0: well. well. Yep. <sighs> well, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I think that we have arrived at our main event for this evening, which is going to be our E3 predictions. Uh, Now, the way that this is going to work is going to be very, very simple. Uh, We are going to go around the room uh, once, twice, thrice, uh, four ice, however you would say four times, and then five times each Uh, of us giving a general prediction about the events uh, and festivities that are going to be occurring at E3 over the course of the next couple of weeks. Uh, Then, at the very end, after we've all each uh, cast our five predictions, uh, I'm going to go into a series of rapid-fired predictions that we're all going to basically say yes or no to. Um, I figure that to make things interesting... Um, We'll make it so that points will be divided up based on how many people do or don't vote for a certain rapid fire prediction. So if, for example, uh, both myself and AJ say, yes, this rapid fire prediction will happen and Nathan says no, and it does indeed happen, uh, then myself and AJ would only get 0.5 points. Whereas Nathan, uh, if the prediction were to come false, would get one entire point because he was the only person that voted no. Um, but of course, ultimately, all of our points will only truly uh, be tallied up and uh, the results for them will only truly be known a couple of weeks from now. So no reason to sweat about things just yet. AJ. Hi. Are you ready to lay down your first prediction for this evening? No, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, I can no. go and see the floor to Nathan. Or I can nope. go first. Let, let's line. do it.
1: Let's right. do it. You got me at the top of the list. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. My first prediction is they're going to show mm. Halo multiplayer. <gasps> and announce a beta over the summer.
2: <gasps>
0: Wowie zowie. So let's uh, summarize this to they will show
3: Halo multiplayer
0: announce mm-hmm. beta.
3: Cool. I had a Any- I, I similar thought to this, except I thought the beta would
1: be an available now. That would be or tonight. That would be ideal, but give, given the fact that they had to delay the thing a whole year, I'm willing to bet that they're going to get it ready to get the hype up. Use it as like a proper marketing thing a little bit later on.
2: Okay. Okay. Hmm.
0: Do Do you have any particular uh, predictions about like what kind of content we're going to see in uh, the beta announcement? Like, are they going to be like, hey, um, in the Halo multiplayer beta, you'll be able to have keychains now? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe. Um, I think there's going to be, like, they're probably only going to have, like, three maps. They're going to show you, like, a couple of the new weapons that you can play around with. Um, and maybe whatever new features, control features that they implement. But, yeah. Um, yeah nothing nothing too crazy because this needs to be halo Mm. and if they go to call of duty with it then it's no longer halo alex would argue that oh sprinting and uh, aim down sights that's too much like call of duty it should be its own thing Nah, it's that stuff can fit in a shooty shooty game but the moment you start adding like keychains to your guns then it's heaven um, forbid it just it's you don't. You can't even see it. You're not even looking at it. Even when you're holding the gun in front of your face, you don't see. It. Why is it there?
0: You don't want to have a, a keychain of uh, what's his name like pimples, rats,
1: rash from battle toads on your Master Chief as he trudges I around do the not. battlefield. Listen, no? I'm not one. I'm not one to kink shame, but I do not personally need that in my life.
2: <laughs>
1: mm. All right then. Uh,
0: I'll go ahead and go next with my first prediction. Uh, I'm going to say this right off the top. This is a pretty bold prediction to start things off, but I feel like uh, it would be inappropriate and unbecoming of me if I didn't talk about this particular franchise, given how much I adore it. So here we go. I think that at the Nintendo E3 Showcase, which uh, Nintendo formally announced earlier today, uh, they will announce a new 2.5D Metroid game. Uh, It will not be a remake of a prior title. It won't be a remake of Fusion or Super Metroid or what have you, uh, but an original title that will follow up upon certain plot points that were revealed in Metroid Samus Returns, and final part, it will release later this year.
3: Hmm. How bold do you think I'm being? I like most of it, but Nintendo doesn't care about Metroid. I mean, mean, they haven't cancelled Metroid Prime 4 yet, uh, Metroid Prime 4 is vaporware,
1: <laughs> it's something.
3: Um,
0: yeah, I, I should say th- this isn't part of the prediction like formally, but like I- I- implicitly implied in this prediction is the idea that we're probably not going to see Metroid Prime 4 at all at this year's E3 as a result
3: of this announcement. Um, uh, yeah. but who knows? Who knows? It- I want. With how popular Metroidvanias have been, and how many indie studios have been it, making Metroidvania games, I cannot understand how Nintendo hasn't bre- even brought on a secondary studio to make Metro, like to make some more two D Metroid games, with the yeah. surge that they've seen from the indie space. Um,
0: yeah, we we talked about this uh, recently, like. I I totally think that they should have immediately commissioned Mercury Steam to keep going on their 2.5D Metroid train. And who knows, maybe this hypothetical 2.5D Metroid I'm predicting is being made by Mercury Steam or maybe not. I I did not want to make Mercury Steam an implicit part of the prediction because I didn't want to, you know, go too specific in that regard. But we'll see. We'll see.
3: Okay, sweet. I want it to happen.
0: I, I want it to happen, too, Nathan. I want it to happen, too. Uh, something I also want to happen, however, Nathan, is your first prediction.
3: All right. Well, I already tipped my hat towards it earlier. Uh, Microsoft, Phil Spencer comes onto stage, um, announces there will be a new Killer Instinct. It's not being worked on by uh, Iron Galaxy uh, as they're working on their own new AAA IP that they're trying to produce. Um, instead they will be handed off to a Microsoft Studio studio which will be in exile Uh, as right now I don't know what they're doing the last game they came out with was uh, Wasteland 3 in 2020 so we don't know what they're working on so I assume it could be them Um, do you want to
0: sorry go ahead no go ahead well I was going to say do you want to make it explicitly in exile in your prediction or do you want it to just be like a Microsoft studio could be nope. in exile.
3: Let's say an exile. I'm going to go right. for broke. Um, and it's going to have a 2022 released date on it.
0: All right, then. Now, like, I don't know what either of you were thinking, but I was thinking with these predictions that like, if you get, like 2 out of 3 of the parts of this prediction right if there is a new killer instinct announced and if it is a 2022 release date that gets you like 0.66% of a point like like if you get the in exile part wrong that doesn't automatically
1: uh what? forbid you from getting any points at all what if, okay how about how about this what if you know what if you made it percentage based instead of Instead of like making it one point make it a hundred points and then it's oh you only got you got two out of three you got 66 points
0: hmm i like that i like that what i appreciate that is that at the end like the points that we're all getting because it's like out of a hundred we're getting like oh man you won 66 points oh man you won 73 points like we all feel good because we're getting a lot of points but really in the end it's not actually that much because we're all just scaling up the numbers Mm -hmm. why not aj hi What is your second prediction?
1: Hmm. Okay. Um, Let's stick in the Microsoft camp here for a sec. Todd Howard comes out on stage alongside Phil Spencer. And the gameplay we see of Starfield doesn't underwhelm, doesn't overwhelm, just whelms people. It's what the people The gameplay expected. or whatever footage. It's, yeah, it's, if people are expecting like a Star Citizen, it ain't that. And if people are expecting, uh, you know, just Skyrim with spaceships, it's not quite that. It's somewhere in between, and nobody is sure what to think of it.
3: Yeah, I th- I think you're on base with. I'm really worried about Starfield because as much as I enjoy um, Fallout, Fallout's one of my favorite franchise. I just restarted uh, Skyrim. I put it an hour or two into the other day on Xbox and the 60 FPS. Um, they've like Bethesda's released buggy games and they've mm-hmm. had problems with gameplay in terms of their shooting mechanics. And I'm very curious to see what, ne- cause if they don't rehaul retool everything, they're not going to get the leeway they got with Fallout four. Cause people were like, it's a Bethesda game and they kind of got away with it. It's not going to happen anymore.
1: Uh, I, subject- I think it would still it would still happen with uh, an Elder Scrolls, and it would still happen with a Fallout, but on a new IP, there's almost no excuse.
0: Uh, on the subject of Fallout, does anybody here remember how Fallout, um, the, the one that was really buggy at launch, uh, Fallout 76, does anybody here remember how Fallout 76 was
3: received at the E3 where it was announced? People were not happy with it. Um if I remember correctly, because yeah. people didn't want an online fallout. I just remember people not liking it. And even as me as a follow person, I think I tweeted that day or something like, I don't think this is for me. And I love fallout.
2: Hmm.
3: So, um, it, it, people were not excited about it. It was not like, and if it was something that could be played a solo and had proper NPCs. Um hmm because there were no if i remember correctly everything was robots and there was no proper npcs in that game. Mm.
2: So,
3: yeah,
0: well it, 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 if I recall originally and then they gradually added in npcs over time in future updates. That's um, that's landers. definitely yeah. That's definitely not a good sign for your game when people are not excited for it even at E3. Cuz there are, there are games you can point to in the past like Mass Effect Andromeda, where, you know, that game had its issues upon its release, but people were pretty decently excited for it, perhaps apprehensively so, but people didn't have immediate reason to be concerned for that game, for example, when it was first announced at the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Um, I, I do, like, I'm pretty ambivalent towards Starfield. I hope that it uh, impresses, I hope that it does more than just whelming everyone, but I suppose we'll have to wait and
3: see. I think the problem right now in a post-Cyberpunk universe, nothing's a mm. uh, sure thing anymore.
2: So and studios,
3: studios have to look at what they're pre- releasing to mm. make sure that they don't repeat those mistakes.
0: Mm. That's a totally fair, fair point. Okay, uh, I'm going to get on and talk about my second prediction, which is that at the Square Enix Showcase, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two will be teased in a small but not insignificant fashion. Uh, It will be called Final Fantasy VII Rebirth or Final Fantasy VII Reunion or Re-something. It will have that kind of a title. It will be Re-something but not remake. Uh, And, you know, as I said, not a lot of it will be shown off. It will just be a tease. But I do think that what little footage we will see of it will... Showcase like think like a brief snippet of like a large open world to emphasize that this Final Fantasy VII, uh remake game, in contrast to the last one which was very linear, is going to allow for a lot more free roaming exploration. Well, okay. Lots of conditionals in that one, uh, but I I actually feel way more confident about this one than the Metroid prediction.
3: Yeah, I can see that. Hmm.
0: I, um, so like for context, I have never played the original version of Final Fantasy VII. Um, <sighs> I have, are you, Nathan, you're, you're sighing. Are you sighing in disbelief at me? Are you sighing?
3: <laughs> I, Ian, maybe it's my age. I just have trouble imagining people never play Final Fantasy Seven. No, because thank you.
1: I had no interest in that game. No, thanks. I was also eight when that came out.
3: Yeah, and I think that's the difference there. Uh, when, because I was, when did it come out? 97?
1: Yeah. ninety seven, ninety eight, Somewhere around there? I was 16. Yeah, it was one of those two years. 15, 16.
3: It was like the perfect yeah. time for it to come out. Yeah. Mm.
2: Uh,
0: but all that to say, like, I am, like, just by virtue of living and breathing within a pop culture sphere, pretty familiar with what happens over the course of that game. And I do know that, you know, after you leave Midgar, the game does open up quite a bit. And so I'd have to imagine that the second part of the remake will most likely follow in that design. Uh, And yeah, I, I, I'd say that like the single thing that makes me feel like this particular announcement won't happen is the fact that we are just upon the release of final fantasy seven uh remake intergrade uh i believe we were talking about this before the show it's releasing like a week and a day from the date of us recording this podcast so i i can see square being like mm, we don't want to interfere in you know
3: intergrade's recent release uh but who knows we'll see So I like this prediction. My two biggest caveats are how much Final Fantasy do they want to put out there? Because at this point, we have the pretty sure it's coming Final Fantasy Origin Souls-like game. And Final Fantasy 16 is likely to be shown as well at some point. And I just don't know how much Final Fantasy they're going to bring.
0: Like, it's not like we're going into this show being like, oh, man, Square Enix, you know, doesn't really have any uh, projects in the pipeline that we know about. Like, anything is possible. It's like Square Enix already has a lot of heavy hitters. If Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2 isn't shown off, we're not going to complain and say, oh, man, nothing of consequence was shown off. Mm-hmm. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Nathan,
3: what is your second prediction Um, so there's going to be a a new smash character announced. Ooh. Um, who's it going to be? There's two characters left. Am I correct?
1: Yes. In the season pass. Yeah.
3: In the season pass. And it's been a while since we've had an announcement since the last release. Right. Cause it was a fire emblem character last. No.
2: it was uh xeno xeno blade uh pyra and mithra so
3: pyra okay so i think that they're going to debut the last two characters both of them at e3 um one of them Mm. will be a microsoft property in their partnership like with banjo and i don't know what that is and whether it's a doom guy or a master chief or Ori or something like that um and then the final one will be sakurai Uh,
1: okay sakurai himself okay now,
0: you do know, Nathan, that in Smash Bros., uh, players have access not one, not two, but three different varieties of Mii fighters. And of course, you can make your Mii fighter look like anyone and everyone, uh, including Masahiro Sakurai, uh, Satoru Iwata, Shigeru Miyamoto, Orlando Bloom, Katy Perry, whoever you so choose. Do you feel like that All those fact- Nintendo developers deters uh the possibility of sakurai being
1: announced as a character
3: no because you can't just download a sakurai costume you have to make it right
1: well okay so that that's what i was going to ask did would you want to and i'm helping you out here rather than a sakurai individual character what if an official sakurai costume for one of the me fighters
3: okay that might work better Um, I just thought it'd be cool to have like wild ideas of cameo characters coming out to help him as his move sets and change like, so like weird, like kind of make him like, um, I guess they already have Kirby to do that, but he has to suck somebody up, but make him like the Shane son of smash where he's got access to other people's move sets.
1: What, what if they just call it Sakurai, but it's actually just the master hand.
0: that'd be yeah. interesting make it playable it's clever i mean It'd be something he, spoilers for the end of the uh single player mode in that game you do eventually get to play as uh master hand at the very very end so i mean th- they wouldn't even need to like theoretically there isn't too much development that needs to happen there they would just probably have to release like a patch or something yeah oh people would be annoyed if that took up a space on a season pass then yeah <laughs> All right, but I, I do like this prediction, and I, I I actually do think that a Sakurai costume, as AJ suggested, is not outside of the realm of possibility. So mm-hmm. let's cross our fingers and look forward to all that. AJ, hi. What is your third prediction?
1: Okay, because of the 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 whole year that the world has been in, a lot of game studios have been probably under undue amounts of stress. So that got me thinking, okay, what are we still missing that could potentially be affected? And what's going to be done about it? I think, I, I don't think it's canceled, but I don't think other than After the fact, when people start asking, hey, where was this? I don't think we see Beyond Good and Evil 2 at Ubisoft's press conference. Okay. And if if anything at all is said about it, that would be, you know, in a press release after, oh, no, it's still under development, or then they announce they potentially cancel it, but I don't think they cancel it yet. I mean, I feel like
0: I, I don't I don't want to describe this as a safe prediction, but I feel like it's a, it's a very believable prediction.
1: Yeah, it's something because it, can you like, see, yeah, I don't think the the previous time that we saw like actual Beyond Good and Evil two gameplay where you they were playing around as that monkey or whatever, uh, flying around like an airship as a monkey, mm-hmm. um, I don't think anybody expected to actually see Beyond Good and Evil two footage there but i think after the year we all just had i feel like ubisoft is definitely going to try and refocus some stuff and i don't think we see anything in regards to beyond good and evil 2 um like as in proper trailer or proper gameplay or any anything of note um uh at like on their stage at all i think i think it's just if it's there on stage, it's like in the the highlight reel. Nothing more.
2: Hmm.
1: So that's my that's yeah. my guess. So uh
3: And Sal left the company, did he not?
0: Well, that's what I just want to go and look up. Um, the creator of Rayman and Beyond Good and Evil, uh, Michel Ancel, he left Ubisoft in September of 2020 last year. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously, you know, one person alone is not responsible for the creation of a video game, but obviously he was a pretty big driving force in that game's uh, development. And so I'd have to imagine some things are probably being retooled and rethought with mm-hmm. him gone. You, you live near him. Why don't you go ask? I mean, I, I i do live a little bit more westward on the globe of the planet Earth, but I think it would be oh. a little bit more difficult for me to reach him. Okay, he's in fair. France
3: now, isn't he? Yeah, he's, oh, in, did he's in, he? in. Did he move yeah. all
0: the way to France? Yeah, he, he wasn't located at Ubisoft Montreal. <laughs>
1: okay, I thought he was. My bad. Yeah,
3: yeah not a problem. Okay. I really want Be Gone Good and Evil too, just for the record. I really like that first game. I played it when it came out and it was mm. really good. Uh, mm-hmm. But whatever they release is not gonna be what the first game was. So mm. anyways.
0: Okay, so for my second prediction, I said that Final Fantasy VII Remake Two would get not a like full-blown reveal, but just a tease. Uh, my third prediction is going to concern another game being teased, and that game is The Elder Scrolls VI. Uh, last time we saw that game, we saw it uh, teased alongside Starfield at Bethesda's E3 press conference a couple of years ago. I don't remember the exact mm-hmm. E3 press conference where it happened. 2019, uh, I think. 2019 yeah that would that that would make sense um i think that we are going to see another teaser of the elder scrolls 6 at the end of microsoft's press conference it's going to be small um it will unveil the official title much like how final fantasy 7 remakes uh will unveil its title uh so it will be called you know El- the elder scrolls 6 i don't know infinity scourge or whatever um and I think that the trailer will tease whatever the main sort of enemy or force it is that you're going to be fighting in it in the same way that like the first like teaser trailer for Skyrim teased, hey, this game is about fighting dragons.
2: Okay. Hmm. Yeah.
3: That I, was a good I've, pregnant
0: pause.
3: I think a lot of that makes sense. Um, although I think Microsoft and Bethesda are, if they show it, are crazy to show it right now. Because hmm. it's how so? Bethesda working on it and they don't have Starfield out the door yet. And I can't imagine how far they are in Elder Scrolls 6. So I, I just think it's leading to one of those situations where you can't tease these things for too long. I wouldn't have shown it back when they showed Starfield. I felt that they it was very light on stuff for that show and that's why they showed it.
0: Mm, right, because they didn't want to end the show on the Elder Scrolls blades, which was the big thing that was shown off at the time.
3: Yeah, Oof, like they, they teased Starfield and they teased this uh, one after another. And I thought maybe Starfield you could tease, but Elder Scrolls, they, and they said afterward, is further out because they're working on Starfield first. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know when this game comes out, but like it could happen and I wouldn't put my foot down on it. I just don't think it's a good, I I hate when we tease these games out for like six or seven years. And Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it sets unreasonable expectations the further and further it goes on.
0: I think that's totally fair. My, my thinking is that I feel like Microsoft really wants this E3 To kind of be their big coming out. Hey, Mm -hmm. you know, we're Microsoft. We bought Bethesda. We we bought all these other studios. Let's you know swing our dick around E three press conference. And I feel like showing another tease of Elder Scrolls Six would be a great great way to really for them to really hammer home that kind of a press conference. I think they're going to do. But yeah, I, I can totally see them holding back in that regard.
3: Nathan. Yes. What
0: is your
3: third prediction? Okay. I've been debating on a few here, um, but (sighs) we get a tease at a new Persona game.
2: Oh.
0: Do you have any predictions within that prediction of what we might see of it? I think it's to the
3: Vita. (laughs) <laughs> i wish um i think it's probably a fighting game persona oh, five, so not arena. so not persona six no i i wish as persona six is too early for that i think it's a spin-off of uh persona five um and it's the fight like it's a the arena series sir so persona mm-hmm. five arena No. Um,
0: Do you want me to put your prediction as just generally a new Persona game will be shown off? Or do you want it to specifically say a new Persona spinoff game will be shown off?
3: Just let's keep it Persona. We'll keep this one a little loosey-goosey. Okay. Um, I have no problem. uh, I have no problem with that. We don't think PlayStation's doing a show at E3, right?
0: A state of play? No. I mean, at at this point, like, given how close we are to it, I would not think that Sony would think to announce
3: anything to do in collaboration at E3. So they're going to be on opening night live with Jeff Keighley. Um And I think that's the only place that we know that they're going to be participating.
2: Hmm.
3: I'm just wondering, cause then they probably do an event late July or yeah. late June, early, early July
0: do does do either of you remember when the big Sony like summer game showcase press conference was that they
3: did last year don't the, it was in the summer it was the PS5 announcement june 11th they did the hardware reveal really that was
1: right at E3 last year is a blur last yeah. year
0: what, what I remember about the Sony thing last year uh, is we were actually going to live react to it here on twitch.tv slash press YZ and no joke, there was an, in, uh, like a power and internet outage out at my house in my community. Yeah. And so it ended up not really happening, which is too bad, but hopefully we'll make up for it this year.
2: Okay. Yeah.
3: Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, So, yeah, I want to be careful about making Sony predictions because I don't think there will be much Sony news during E3. So, Hmm. anyways, sorry. Understandable. Understandable. Okay,
0: AJ, what is your fourth prediction?
1: Okay, so we know that Nintendo is going to have a direct, right? Possibly Nathan's smash announcement is in there. We'll see. I think so they they've stated that this direct is going to be basically all software related.
3: Yep, mm. no hardware. At
1: some point either before or after this direct they're going to do a surprise drop maybe of an announcement of the upcoming switch hardware right that that one's a bit pie in the sky because nintendo you can't you can't predict nintendo but Mm -hmm. i think i think there's a, a chance that we we learn proper properly about the nintendo the next not the next generation of the switch but the what's the word the successor yeah the this not the not even the successor it's the the half the next half step to this of the switch to mid-generation upgrade yeah that's the one but so what you're saying is that you don't think it's going to happen exactly at e3 though i don't think it's going to happen dirt like in the e3 week window i think it's going to happen
0: Okay, so you, you a lot think of it co- will happen in the E3 week
1: window? Yes. I do, like, Nintendo said that they're going to be doing, the, like, the software um, direct. So, at some point, there's going to be, like, surprise hardware announcement. It could it could even be like the oh one more thing at the very end whatever it is some at some point during that week that we learn about it. Okay. I um
0: the thing about this announcement right is it's imminent and I feel like right now AJ like whether yep. or not you get any points or not from this is really contingent on how soon Nintendo decides to jump the gun. If they announce it tomorrow, yeah. like that's not looking so good. Then for I prediction. don't get points. But yeah. if they announce it, like, literally the day before or the day after, you're I swimming think fine. Counts. Yeah. Yep. All right. Sounds good. I have not... By the way, I want to mention this. I, I have honestly not thought all that much about whether I'm interested in getting the next Switch hardware upgrade. I, I suppose I'll have to get it if... Like games like Metroid Prime 4, which you'd imagine are probably a little bit more graphical intensive than some of Nintendo's other first party games, like kind of really need it to function. Uh, But other than that, I don't really see a whole lot of interest in my life in getting my hands about it. I don't know about the two of you.
3: Yeah, I'm mixed on new Switch hardware. I honestly don't use my Switch a whole lot. Um. What? Mr.
1: Animal Crossing doesn't use the Switch a whole lot? So
3: I put 600-something hours in Animal Crossing, and that's completely fair for last year. That's the only game I've really put a good amount of time into on on it. I think Mario Odyssey, I 100% of that, so I probably put some good time there too. But the Switch is not something I gravitate towards right now. And the games, uh, I'm lying because Mario Golf comes out in a few weeks, and I'll be all over Mario Golf when it comes out. But it's just there's nothing in its future with the exception of a few smaller indies that make me think I need to get a mid-generation upgrade of it right now. Who knows? Maybe they'll trick me into something else.
2: Mm. Mm. Yep.
0: Fair, fair points. Uh, Let's go ahead and move on to my fourth prediction. Now this one, let me forewarn both of you. There are, uh, a lot of details in this particular prediction. I had a lot of time to write some fan fiction here uh, during the Ubisoft Forward. Mario plus Rabids two will be announced for the Switch. Uh, it will be much larger in scope than the previous Mario plus Rabids. Uh, I predict it having a not like a open world because you can't really exactly have an open world in like a uh, you know XCOM style tactical strategy game like what the original Mario plus Ravens was, but it will be like fairly large and it will be sort of akin to like what you had in the past with the Mario RPGs, like super Mario RPG on the SNES or paper Mario or paper Mario, the thousand year door. Well, there there will be like a fairly large spacious world for you to explore. And I think in predict, in addition to that, there will be a few more overt Ubisoft characters mixed into the game a lot of people have been predicting like oh man if a Mario plus Rabbids 2 were to happen would like Nintendo like introduce Zelda characters would they introduce Metroid characters would they introduce you know whoever characters a- alongside the Mario denizens of it and I think it will largely stay contained to the Mario universe on the Nintendo side however I think on the Ubisoft side we will see like like a rabbit who has like like we won't see an assassin himself but we'll see like a rabbit wearing Ezio's cloak and we'll see like maybe Rayman for example or Jade. What mm. do you guys think? A little a little too much fan fiction there or is there some truth to my gleamings?
3: I think there's I think you're probably right about another Mario Rabbids game. I think you've gone a little too far fan fiction because I don't think Nintendo's comfortable with that. I think they have very strict lines of where they're characters get used I, and what to truss over with
1: as you were talking there i just sort of imagined like a ubisoft character only smash brothers like clone
2: mm. Mm.
0: yeah C- kind of surprising we haven't gotten something like that really yet
1: sam fisher could be the snake stand in yeah i don't know
0: before, uh, when I was assembling uh, these predictions, I didn't do too much research, but I did look into seeing what Ubisoft Milan has been up to because Ubisoft Milan was a specific studio in charge of the first Mario Plus Rabbids. And last year, they announced that they were recruiting people to work on like a prestigious AAA quality title. But this was also before the announcement of Assassin's Creed uh, Ragnarok. Uh, mm mm-hmm. And so some people are like, well, you know, Ubisoft obviously recruits many studios to work on its uh, big AAA releases. So, like, could this have been Ubisoft Milan recruiting people to work at the studio to work on Assassin's Creed Ragnarok or like another game of that kind of style? Uh, Ultimately, it remains to be seen. And ultimately, I'll say this, whether Ubisoft, uh, wh- whether Mario plus Raybids 2 is exactly like how I described it to be or not how I described it to be at all. I, I do hope it happens because that first game was solid and I feel like they could have done an even better job with this sequel.
3: Nathan. Hmm. Alright. Um, I think this is the obligatory time to talk about the Game Pass dump that's Phil Spencer will talk about on spades with all the games that will be coming to game Pass day and date. Um, there will be five upcoming titles that will be exclusive to game pass or that will be on game pass when they launch one of those titles being the PC version of, um, uh, Oh, I just lost the name of it. Um, the new, uh, title coming from, uh, Why can't I remember anything? Oh no, um, the, you're old. The Jesus, uh, the one, the one wow. that's the Sony exclusive. Um, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. No, the Bethesda game. That's this. That's the Sony exclusive.
1: Oh, uh,
0: uh, Ghost had- Tokyo.
3: Nope. Yeah, that's nope. one of them. The sooner one, the one that's coming in September. Deathloop. Deathloop, thank you. Ah. It just left my brain. So Deathloop will be coming to PC Game Pass Day and Date. Because Microsoft Sony has the console exclusive rights. Hmm. Any other Game Pass predictions? Uh like I said, six six games that will be coming to Game Pass Day and Date. I'm gonna leave it open for that.
0: Alright, so I'll I'll write it down as Deathloop uh, and other titles will be coming to Game Pass day and date.
3: Deathloop has to be PC though, it can't be console.
0: Uh, Okay, I'll make a point uh, of noting that down. Yeah. Alright, cool, cool, cool. Uh, AJ. Hi. It's time for you to cast your final fifth prediction for this evening.
1: Okay. I think Blizzard shows off Overwatch 2 and I nobody just say, wants anything on, to so do with it.
0: Sorry, I just want to <laughs> take a quick yep. second to say you partially cut off when you were saying that. And so instead oh. of saying Blizzard, I like for whatever reason, just the B part was cut off. So you said lizard, I'm like, wait, there's a studio called Lizard? <laughs> Holy shit. What an amazing <laughs> name for a studio.
3: They're probably Blizzard. Is a studio called Lizard.
1: Yeah, there probably yeah, there, is. There, there, I, to I them. swear, there's like a Lizard Studios or something like that. Yeah. No, uh, okay. Blizzard Blizzard shows off gameplay of Overwatch, and nobody's interested anymore. Oof. Yeah, that tough prediction from AJ. I th- the way I see it, like people are are already just kind of like so unhappy with the direction that the current Overwatch is going. So, an Overwatch two, if it I don't think they're go- they're still going to try and focus so much on esports and whatnot in that regard. Yeah, there's probably going to be actual story stuff at this point, but it's just nobody nobody cares really. Hmm. Unfortunately. Do you um like do you think that a lot of the apathy
0: will stem specifically from like the multiplayer not looking all that? Uh, especially with, like, some of the changes they're making, like, six to five people? Or or do you think... And or do you think it will also be about the single-player to the game? Because that was, like, the big announcement with Overwatch 2, like, hey, we're going to have a big, meaty, single-player campaign. Well...
1: Not really looking all that either. I think the single-player will be hit or miss, um, depending on the characters, you know. Some characters, in general, are more interesting uh, than others. Um and that that goes with everything but i think they um yeah it's going to be mixed reactions for the single player and people just aren't going to care about the multiplayer like they used to
2: hmm. Hmm.
0: yeah hard to hear but i mean i can definitely see a reality I- in which it's true
1: yeah, it, it, from what I understand, like kind of the way things are and have been going with Overwatch, it's, you know, it's not, it's not a good scene over there anymore, the way it used to be. Hmm. All right, well, we'll have to wait and see if
0: this comes to fruition. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and cast my final prediction. And I'm going to be honest over here, like, obviously I'm looking forward to the Hypothetical 2.5D Metroid I announced. I'm looking forward to Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2. Mario plus Ravens 2 will probably be great. I think this game that I am predicting might be shown off at E3 this year is the single game that I might be the most hypothetically excited for. uh, Because that game is the next Bioshock, a.k.a. Bioshock 4 I think that it is finally going to be formally revealed. I think it is going to be called Bioshock colon something like Bioshock Infinite. And I think it will be a reboot quill style sequel to the original Bioshock. And so just to be clear, what I mean by that is it will be a sequel to just Bioshock one that ignores any additional continuity introduced by Bioshock 2 or Infinite, in the same way that like Terminator Dark Fate was like, we're going to be a, re- uh, a sequel to Terminator 2 that ignores all the other sequels, or the recent uh, reboot of Halloween is like, we're going to be a sequel to Halloween that ignores all the other Halloweens. Uh, and this is, by the way, no n- no offense or any ill will towards Bioshock 2 or Infinite. I, I enjoy those games quite a bit, but I think that it's just like out of sake of simplicity, they're gonna be like, let's just focus on just Bioshock One and put the other two games to the side. Uh, I think I i don't want to go like super deep into what I think the game will be about, but I can see it being a about basically another messed up city inspired by Rapture, created by people who are like, hey, it didn't work out super well the first time around with Rapture, but we can. Uh, do it right and we can do it again several decades later after the events of the first Bashak.
3: oh that'd be interesting so like the tech would be more in the future too for it then
0: yeah like it would be like not like like modern day but like the 1980s or the 1990s for example
3: yeah that'd be
1: cool there's the timeline there's always a city there's always a man there's always a lighthouse is that how it goes Something like that? Yeah. So. Yeah, they sorry. Absolutely. They absolutely have to go into a lighthouse, no matter what. That, that's that's totally fair.
0: It probably, yeah, it would not be a Bioshock game if there's not a lighthouse involved.
1: Yeah. But- so. They got to come up with an interesting way in how they get to the city because the lighthouse in the first two bioshocks was well at the very least the first one um took you down and the lighthouse in infinite took you up mm. so what creative way are they gonna shoot you to the next city
2: yeah they are gonna, gonna
1: have, have you just
3: ride an a, ride a moving sidewalk
0: oh
1: mm. yeah yeah horizontally Yep. haven't done that
0: yeah or or maybe they um maybe they just have you like the, the messed up city that you're going to explore in bioshock 4 is sort of meant to be a semi-recreation of rapture and so they recreate the lighthouse but like obviously you don't travel downwards so you just sort of like travel through it and it's like a touristy gift shop or something like that oh, that'd be interesting little plushy big daddies everywhere Hell yeah. Plushy little sisters as well. There's like yep. there are like people dressed up to look like big daddies and little sisters, but it's like, huh? It's like a full-grown woman dressed to look like a, a little sister. Yep. It's like this is kind of creepy. Just like Disneyland. Yeah.
1: But <laughs> but but Rapture. Hell yeah.
3: <laughs> All right, Nathan. It's time for your final prediction. Um okay. So we thought Activision was done with it, but Tony Hawk three remake is announced.
1: Um, At, is ban- it a, is it an add on for one and two or is it a whole new game?
3: It's a whole new game. It's not the same price cause it's only one of the games, but it uses the exact same engine. It has all the same mechanics because it's really just a new level pack. I don't think it's DLC. I think it's its own little thing, um, that you pay like 20 bucks for, um, the one of the bands uh recently said that they were had licensed their music for it,
2: mm, so the rumor mill
3: right. is buzzing about that right now. Um, and I think the Activision said Tony Hawk did very, very well for them financially last year, and critically, it was a huge success. It won all the sports game awards last year. Hmm. So,
0: I mean, I, ho- I hope for you that you're correct. I hope that that franchise doesn't just go to waste again after rising so suddenly and so greatly out of the ashes.
3: They fixed it. Like I still don't understand why they moved the studio to Blizzard. To, like they're working on Diablo two, so maybe I do understand that to a point, but yeah. because they're doing the remake for Diablo two, but they've got something in that studio's passionate about Tony Hawk. Why not let them? redo four or three or thug or let them make something new that's good i don't Mm. know all right then Well, uh,
0: with all of our individual personalized predictions out of the way, uh, let's head into the final segment of the show, which is going to be our rapid-fire predictions. So the way this is going to work is very simple. I'm going to reveal a certain event that may or may not happen at E3, and we are going to say yes or no. And then based on that, at a later date, after E3, we will tabulate... Uh, how many points each of us will earn based on how many of us voted yes or no for each rapid-fire prediction. All right, are we ready for the first rapid-fire prediction to be unveiled? Sure. Let's see it. All right. Will Halo Infinite impress? Yes. number one. AJ says yes. Nathan, yes or no?
3: As a recent Xbox user, I want to say yes, but I'm still going to say no. They've got a huge hurdle to overcome. And if they change, Craig, people are going to be mad. (laughs) See, what
0: I'm thinking is that I feel like it will like to go back uh, to your earlier prediction, AJ, of Starfield whelming everyone. I feel like Halo Infinite will more likely whelm everyone than it will overwhelm or underwhelm. But you know what? I'm gonna be saucy. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna say yes. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play in the danger zone today.
3: For the record, right. I want to be wrong there because um, I'd like to. Well, I'll play Halo with you with y'all regardless, but I want to be excited as the new Xbox owner. But I just worry. Hmm.
0: All right then. Okay, rapid fire prediction number two. Drum roll, please. I I got Nvidia
1: broadcast on. It won't work.
0: Oh, dear. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Will here. we see Ken Levine's new game? So with regards to this one, I just want to give a little bit of, you know, background. Like I, mm. I was thinking, like, what are some like long gestating games that we have not seen uh, in quite some time? And And the thing is, is that like within the past console generation, I feel like a lot of. Uh, you know, other long gestating games finally saw release. You know, the Last Guardian saw release. Final Fantasy VII remake saw release. Final Fantasy Versus Thirteen saw release as Final Fantasy uh, Fifteen. I feel like the last big title that comes to mind uh, that exists within the realm of, huh, when are we ever going to see this game? Is Ken Levine's next project? So I ask the two of you: Do you think that we are finally going to see it at all at this c 3
3: I considered putting him as one of my predictions for somebody for showing up. Mm. Um but the more I think about it, we haven't heard a peep from him. I don't know where he shows up for it. I say no. So,
1: okay. Um so I uh, I had to I had to look this up really quick, but um cuz I remember seeing it earlier on, but Somebody on a random on Twitter asked any new announcement coming from ghost story apart from Bioshock sale in 2021. Mm. Um, And this was on January 25th Um, ghost story being his studio.
0: The new story studio
1: he founded in the wake of irrational games sort of closure. Yes. Um, And he responded non zero chance, but no promises.
3: Oh, maybe.
0: A lot of double negatives in there.
1: Yeah. So, that's a that's a tough one. So much for rapid fire.
3: I say no still.
0: Yeah, um, Nathan says no. Yeah, I'm going to say no as well. Just because I want to introduce a little bit of variety, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. I'm very 50-50 on this. I think... We could totally see it. We could totally not see it. Uh, I don't want us to all be uniformly no, because that means that our point potential point earnings could be pretty diluted. So I'm going to go ahead and say mm-hmm. yes. All right. Sure. Rapid fire prediction number three. Drum roll, please, in your hearts. <laughs> Will Nintendo break everyone's hearts?
3: Can you define everyone? Uh... When I say everyone... Is I this mean, a bad Direct? Is this like where we get a Star Fox Puppet Direct?
0: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, when I say will Nintendo break everyone's hearts, I mean, you walk out of the Direct and it's like the last Nintendo Direct where it's like, man, there were so many expectations going into this thing and they showed off cool things. They announced things like Splatoon 3 and Mario Golf and so on and so forth, but we're still feeling this sort of miasma of rejection. And not literally everybody in the world, it's not like 100% of all people that watch the Direct are upset at it, but there's just this sort of funk in the air after the Nintendo Direct is over that's like, ah, oh, yeah, they didn't totally do it.
2: Hmm...
1: I'm going to say no. The no. last one was a disappointment. I don't think they do it two times in a row.
3: I, okay. I'm going to say no as well in this situation because I have a seeking suspicion they'll be showing Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever the Breath mm. of the Wild sequel is. And that's enough to make people happy. Mm. Mm. You know what?
0: Might dilute each of our points, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and say no as well. I think that they they know that they have to oh, pull oops. all the stops. Oh, oh, dear. Dis- oh, there he Nathan. is. There he is. Camera
1: back on. There you go. Apologies. Not a problem. Click a button. Yep. Yep. <gasps> it happens.
0: All right. Rapid fire prediction number four. Let's do this. Uh, will there be a genuinely beloved celebrity co- cameo a la Keanu Reeves uh, in the Cyberpunk pre- presentation from a couple of years past? Obviously, I'm gonna si- you know, um, celebrities are no stranger to E3. You see celebrities mm-hmm. get shown off in E3 press conferences all the time, but it's very... I would say uncommon that a Keanu Reeves-like moment happens where everybody's like, all right, here we go. We are totally down to see this guy be on stage and, you know, talk about how much he loves video games or she loves video games or
1: they love video games. No. Uh, uh, Yeah, I'm going to say because I'm sure the majority of these cameos are going, if they happen at all, are going to be... Generic, just not well produced, like phone video vlog. Hey, what Xbox fans? What up? It's me. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. Unless you know, unless zach Efron gets high at an EA event again or some shit. um, Yeah, who can say?
3: I'm thinking something very similar, and part of the reason is because there won't be crowds. That Keanu thing worked because the crowd cheered for him. And you remember the interactions, like what was it? Somebody yelled, you're breathtaking and he's like, no, you're breathtaking. And he said, you're breathtaking. Yeah. That's why that moment went viral and there will be no crowd to play off of. And you're right about, Mm. like, there will be these shot at home on your cell phones or like a webcam and won't have the same People are going to do
1: dumb things. It might become a meme, but it won't be like the, it won't be Keanu level memedom. Yeah. See, you you know
0: your your points about there being a lack of uh, a crowd is uh, very very fair, but but because this is an entirely you know digital event, because they you know now have the excuse of being like, oh, we can you know have this one celebrity call in; they don't have to come in in person. I feel like someone's going to get something real real crazy and that will up the viral potentiality meter if that makes any sense so I'm gonna go ahead and say a tentative yes alright second to last uh, rapid fire prediction let's go Kojima Hideo Kojima Uh, has undoubtedly been working on something new since the release of Death Stranding. And not too long ago, there was some scuttlebutt of, hey, could this guy even potentially be doing something with Microsoft? And I was very relieved when neither of you brought up the potential of him doing something at Microsoft's press conference, because I want to ask two of you now. I almost did. Do we think that we see Kojima in some capacity at this E3, either at Microsoft's press conference or another press conference? Yes. AJ says yes.
3: It's probably time for him to show something off because he likes to show trailers
1: and he likes to get those reactions. He, He likes to do it like years in advance. Yeah.
3: So, yeah, I say he's somewhere. Um, mm. I don't know if it's Microsoft. I know there's a lot of rumors there. Um, the the current thing about Phil putting stuff behind him that hints at future things is going to like him having that Kojima statue there was very on the nose and a little too obvious because a lot of that stuff he hints at people don't realize till way after the fact.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, because it's not that noticeable and then you go back later and you figure it out. And I felt like that statue was very on the nose. For having mm. that there. Even now, I saw a picture of him with uh, three people the other day at dinner, and Seattle was in the background. They're like, oh, Microsoft's next game's in Seattle or something.
1: N- mm. Yeah, not quite, but okay.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say no, not because I want to be different from the two of you, but because I just feel like this upcoming. E3 press conference that Microsoft is going to be pulling off already seems like it has quite a bit lined up for it and I feel like if they're going to show off whatever they're working on with Kojima next they might want to push it to a slightly later date. I think we still could see that Kojima do something, announce something with Microsoft later on in this year but they would want to do it maybe at a slightly later date to give it room to breathe on its own. That's my yeah. f- fangled prediction right there. All right. Finally, our last rapid-fire prediction of the evening before we wrap up. Drumroll, please, in your hearts. Valve! Exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, question mark. So, yes. you know, Valve obviously is a company that for many, 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 many years... Uh, didn't uh, see fit to really make uh, much of a presence of itself at the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Uh, however, with the recent release of Half-Life Alex, uh, and with Valve pledging, hey, we're back in the games, uh, this game is going to be one of many, the possibility of Valve being at E3 is now like actually something serious to consider. AJ, you're saying yes, we will see Valve at E3.
1: Yeah, um, I think there's going to be, like, nothing interesting in terms of, like, you know, hardware or software or whatnot, but, like, Valve and their Steam presence, um, I think is going to be, maybe not a big part of E3, but it's going to be a factor and like a a sticking point that some people remember. I think what are they going to show? Uh, not half life three, but I I mean,
2: that's
0: yeah. I I feel like valve not showing off half life three is like a pretty, yeah, that's a pretty safe prediction. Yeah. Whether they come or not, Nathan,
3: how are you feeling? Yeah. Valve. Um, they're planning that little portable device, which is supposed to be something similar to the switch. Right.
0: Yeah. I've not really looked into that a whole lot, to be honest.
3: You know what? No, I made a bold prediction at one point that the Epic game store would be on the PS five and that failed. Um, Hmm. no, you've been burned ever since. No. All right, then no, uh,
0: You know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say no. I think Valve is, you know, much more of a uh, player now than they were in years past. And I do think we are going to see Valve make more appearances here, there, including at E3 like events. But I think this E3, Valve. At least is going to forego. But I don't think it's entirely off the table. I, I would put my, if I had to kind of like measure out my feelings on the matter, I would say that I'm like 70% against the idea of them coming and 30% uh, for the idea of them being at E3. Uh, but ultimately, 70 is greater than 30, so my cast is going to be no. All right then. Well, I very, very much look forward to checking out some of these predictions after this upcoming E3. It certainly is going to be a lot of fun. I I look forward especially to seeing Mitch and uh, Alex Ballant laugh at some of our uh, more uh, elaborate foibles, which, you know, undoubtedly are going to (laughs) happen. Of course. All right, then. Well, uh, without further ado, uh, I believe that we have naturally round down to the end of this particular episode of Press YYZ. Uh, thank you to everybody for tuning in to uh, this installment of your beloved Canadian gaming podcast. Uh, don't forget that, of course, you can check out new episodes of our show uh, live uh, every Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on Twitch.tv slash PressYZ. Uh, you can check out episodes after the fact on our YouTube channel. Uh, and, of course, you can check out our podcasts in audio form on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service of choice you so prefer. Uh, you can also check out at PressYZ on Twitter to stay up to date on when we go live and Join us on Discord at invite.gg to keep the conversation going. Uh, Next week's topic of the show is Influx. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade is on the horizon, and we want to do uh, something or other surrounding that game. Uh, But exactly what form that will take uh, remains to be seen. So please look forward to the next episode of Press YZ. We assure you that no matter what it's going to be about, it is going to be great. Until then, thank you for playing.